With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name's Andrew, here with Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show, subscribing on YouTube, all the things you guys do to show us love and support all of the guests we have on. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on social media, Team Never Quit. That way you can be in the loop when we drop new episodes. Let's kick this thing off with a Patreon question, all right? Patreon question is coming from Tyler, who asks, what is your least favorite thing you ever did or you had to do Growing up. Roof a house. That was the hardest thing we ever did. What did he ask? Least favorite thing. Was it still that? Those are two different things, aren't they? They could be. They could be the same or not. Oh, well, the least thing we'd like to do again. Yeah, it'd have to be that. That roof and that house. Roof and house. Arguably the hardest. We were together. Our, our, our answer is the same. Most miserable experience. Worse than Hell Week. I worse mean, than I combat. Never, worse than I thought we were going to die. Roof in a house. How about you, JR? Uh, I'd have to say the hardest thing that I ever did growing up was when I was, I was, I think I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, and my buddies and I went out egging cars. We lived in town. We would egg some cars and the cop showed up at my house and asked if it was us that did it. And I said, no. And he left and as soon as the door shut, my mom asked me, were you lying? And I think the hardest thing I ever did was tell her the truth that, yes, it was actually me that did it. So Ooh, that's telling pretty. the truth, telling the truth to my mom about egg in the cars was probably the most painful, hardest thing that I had to do after she literally watched me lie to the cops. So what'd you get in trouble for lying to the cop or egg in the car? More so lying to the cop. Right, yeah, that's what we would get. There, there's a life lesson right there. We're gonna have to write, we're gonna have to put that on the yeah the quote wall. What was the punishment? Uh, actually, she shook her head and didn't talk to me for about a week. Um, really, there wasn't a punishment. She she understood where I was coming from, but the the having to deal with the guilt of every time I seen her for the next week. Ooh, that shame, uh, that 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 look, and the her shaking her head at me was was enough pun. It was a punishment in itself. She didn't, she didn't tell the, the mom. She, she didn't, she didn't call the cop. Yeah, yeah, no, no, she didn't. So there's a real fine line right there. That's a good. That's a good lesson learned too. So I think maybe I don't know. Would mom, mom, mom would have done the same thing your mama did? But I think the old man would have whooped the whooped the hell up and called the cop. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? If it made it to him, mom got that buffer, right? But if egg in the car, we did that. Yeah. I think if we would have lied about it, because we always got fessed up. Like when we get busted, man, we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, they got a deal. Um, but that could have been, that could be day situations. Like which one day you caught them on, too, you think? Time of day as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. You know, that's, that was a good question. Tyler, thanks for asking that question. Hey, guys, if you want to ask a question to our guest, to Marcus, to Morgan, head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit. You can join us. You can support the show. That's what helps us drop new episodes every week. It helps us put out these videos on YouTube and everything else we're doing. So make sure you support us on Patreon if you can. If not, just listening to the show means the world to us. 
We've got a great guest in store for you guys. J.R. Vizane, a six-time qualifier for the National Finals Rodeo, is using determination and mental toughness that he honed as a wrestler, along with his strong faith to confront this latest, most serious challenge. Vizane suffered a broken back after riding Frontier Rodeo Company's Brazos Bash September 22nd, 2018 at the Pasadena, Texas Livestock Show and Rodeo. He spent six months at a rehabilitation facility in Sandy, Utah after the accident. He's continued rehab exercises at his home gym, with his next goal being able to stand on his own. Welcome to the show, JR. Thanks for having me, guys. And first of all, uh, fanboy here for a little bit. I read your guys' book. Uh, Marcus, I just want to say thanks to you guys for for your service, man. And um, I had an infatuation with Navy SEALs. My, I have some – my uncle was a – um, was uh, a Marine, an elite Marine on an amphibious team, um, did a couple tours over in Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff. And um, I, I have a brother that actually just finished up with his uh, um, uh, training. Uh, he, he went Army, um, and hopefully he goes Green Beret or Delta Force or something. I'm trying to push for him because I think you guys are badasses, man. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Just want to say thank you. Thank you guys for your service, and and uh, and uh, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be on here with you guys. Uh, I gotta, thanks I, for letting us do it. I got to tell you, but yeah, we're humbled to have you on here. It's, uh, it's refreshing to have a cowboy on our show. I got to tell you. A real <laughs> yeah. life, no, no joke cowboy in, in the room with us. That's we grew up on a yeah, ranch. Yeah, we grew up on ranches. All right, all right. So we, we appreciate and respect everything that you got to get up and do every single day of your life and have your whole life, and even more so now that you're having to do it from that chair. That speaks volumes to your character and your drive. So we applaud you for this, <laughs> buddy. Seriously. The only the only reason I still do it is because I don't want to go get a real job. <laughs> yeah, we say that all the time. There's that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I got to tell you, buddy. Um, so hearing your story, watching the videos and, and, and seeing what you had gone through, and it's, it's so recent too. I can't imagine. Um, I don't even, have you really kind of got your head around exactly what's happening to you now? And is that, it seems like you might um, be in the middle of both worlds. Yeah. I, uh, the only way I'd answer that question is, uh, so I, uh, I grew up, I guess just a little background history. I grew up in a, in a Christian home, not that we went to church every Sunday, but we were strong believers. Uh, grandma, mom, uh, was very spiritual. Um, I was led in the right direction, did like youth camps and youth group and, and, and that sort of stuff growing up. Um, so I, I had a very strong faith base growing up. Um, once I got rodeoing, uh, I drifted down the other path for a little while, was a bit of a lost sheep, uh, did my fair share of partying and running amok and kind of hit rock bottom there in 2015. I actually broke my back um, the first time. Uh, no, it didn't require any surgery or nothing, but it put me out for, for the rest of the year. Were you cowboy when it happened? Had a, that one happened up in Canada. Um, horse smashed me in the chute and broke T4 and 5, just broke some uh, wings off, some transverse processes off. Uh, didn't leave any any – permanent damage or anything other than it put me out for 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 a year well six months but the rest of the rodeo season kind of had a little come to jesus and got my life turned back around got married um and so i i guess i i've always always had that that faith and when 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 the accident happened or the wreck i i never call it an accident because i don't believe that that anything happened or that i believe that things happen for a reason so when the wreck happened um i i believed right away that 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 i that i'd receive a miracle honestly um and and i still believe that um i i actually i thought it happened in three months when it didn't happen in three months i i thought it happened in six months and when it didn't happen in six months i thought it happened in a year when it didn't happen in a year i still believe in it but i spent a month at houston at tier rehab and uh then i went to sandy utah for five months um before before coming back home and uh, while I was in Utah, I met a guy there that similar situation, rodeo guy uh, that broke his neck and was paralyzed. He's been paralyzed for 40 or 40 years, I think now, or 30 years anyways. Um, and he told me, he said, you'll, I was still kind of in that upstage where I, I was grinding at rehab every day. And I've, I hadn't been home for five or six months and, um, he said, you'll hit a time, you'll hit a rough patch and, uh, you'll just have to finally accept that you're in a chair. And that really hit me. That, that really hit home to me because I, I have the mindset that, uh, 
I guess I've accepted the challenge and accepted the situation, but I've never, I've, I still to this day have not grown complacent with where I'm at. Um, I, I, I still strive to get up on my feet and walk. Um, I have trainers at the house here that, that, that I'm still grounding at rehab at least four, four to five days a week, if not every day. Um, and, and still believe in that, that with the grace of God, that I will receive the miracle and walk again someday. I, I thought it happened by now, but I, I do know that it'll happen. So I guess I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that I've completely wrapped my head around. I, I guess. No, no. To, to answer the question is no, I, I haven't. I haven't fully accepted that uh, this is the rest of my life because I don't believe that. Don't. Yeah. There you We're go. here to help you with that. Absolutely. <laughs> can you, for, for our listeners out there, can you give a, can you give a background on the wreck and how, and how, yeah. and why, actually how all this transpired? Yep. So um, our, I, for those that know, don't know rodeo, our season starts uh, September or October 1st and runs until September 31st. So every, all the money you win in October, November, December counts for the next year. So uh, four of us, well, you can travel with up to four guys and all uh, buddy, I guess, buddy together, uh, enter the same roadies together. So there's usually there's three or four of us that travel together. Um, and at that time, that year, I was traveling with Stephen Dent, Ty Brewer, and Tanner Haas. And Ty Brewer and Stephen Dent were safe. They were, they were, they had, they had the finals made. Um, and Tanner Haas and I were on the bubble. We call them the bubble. So the top fifteen in the world get to go to the to the uh, NFR, which is being held right now, actually in Arlington. It's uh, only just in Vegas, right? Night, but it's usually it's in, a huge deal. Usually in Vegas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl of rodeo. It's, it's, it's awesome. the top 15 in the world. If you've never yeah, seen rodeo, it awesome. or it, I mean, it's worth going to watch that. It's rank. So I was, I was, I was 14th in the world and Tanner was on the outside of the bubble and there's a handful of rodeos at the end of the year. They're a little bit smaller rodeos, but if you're on the bubble, you have to go to them. So, uh, that week was Amarillo, Texarkana and Pasadena. Um, and so we had been to Amarillo, we'd been to Texarkana, I was placing at both of them and we headed to, headed to Pasadena. Um, I've, I've done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people and like on a lot of people on rec day, like they have weird feelings or something is something feels off. None of that, none of that happened to me. I, it was just a normal day another rodeo at the end of the season. You've, we've put on 70,000 miles that year. We've been gone from home for 200 days. So it's, it's kind of a long grueling gridiron sport. Um, you're kind of wore out. You're ready. You're ready to just make the finals and go home and be away from people for a while. Um, so I guess I had those feelings, but as far as, as, as weird feeling that something bad was going to happen, I didn't have, have those type of feelings. Um, I showed up, I had a young horse, uh, from some people I knew. They said it was a colt. They bucked it. They had just bought it from some guys. Uh, I'd been out a handful of times at the Cody Knight rodeo, which is just kind of an amateur rodeo. So it hadn't really had anybody of my caliber on it yet. Uh, the horse circled around there, just couldn't really take the iron. Circled around there, bumped back into the chutes and flipped completely over backwards. Um, and it's the weird deal about the whole situation is I've, I'm a horseman. I was a horse trainer growing up. I've trained horses since I was a little kid. So I, I, I really have a knack in the rodeo world for getting along with horses that are, that are, that are bad in the shoot or, or that a lot of other guys don't get along with. Like I really had a knack for, for getting along with those type of horses just from being a horseman. And I'd had probably a hundred horses flip on me and could always get out of the way. But the way it happened is when she, when she hit the shoot, she, she kind of reared up and then preloaded on her hocks and jumped straight in the air and came over backwards. Um, and, in bareback riding, you run your hand in a rigging and 
you slide your hips up on the rigging and that's where all your pressure comes from. Well, once you jumped in the air, it ran me kind of down her back. So I had no pressure on the horse at all. I couldn't get out of the way. And it was, it happened in the snap of a finger, but it felt so slow to me. Like I, I felt her coming over and I was a duck on the water. I couldn't get out of the way. She folded me in half instantly. I felt it break. Um, when she got up, she, through the grace of God, she got up away from my hand. So my hand did come out, but she stomped right in the middle of my guts. Um, as, when, when, when she got up and actually that hurt more worse than anything. And, and they, they were completely surprised. I broke a couple ribs, but other than that, nothing, they, they thought I had internal bleeding. I couldn't breathe, but any, anyways, as, as she smashed me, I went to sit up and yeah, I couldn't feel my legs. And, uh, I knew, I knew it was bad. I didn't know exactly how bad everybody rushed over to me and they, uh, they, they life flatted me to the Texas medical center. Uh, Dr. Carl Schmidt did an emergency surgery. They actually didn't do it till the next morning, but did a five hour surgery, put two rods and eight screws and told me good luck. And the, the outcome of that is um, paralyzed yeah, from the waist down. Yep. So be- belly button down. I have a uh, uh, very minimal feeling. Um, I, I've gotten like some sensation back as far as like tingling and uh, not hot and cold. I can't feel hot or cold. Uh, like pressure. I can't, I can feel like at some spots, like I can feel you tap my knee um, and like, like bone anywhere that hits bone, I can kind of feel, but as far as like skin, I can't feel like even light touch yet. Um, and, and movement wise, um, I have gained some movement back. Uh, I guess a lot of people ask like, what was the, the, the probability I never asked um, like percentage wise, uh, what, uh, what the outcome would be. Um, while I was still in ICU, the doctors would come do their rounds about four or five o'clock in the morning. I think they do that. So you won't ask them very many dumb questions. So it took me a couple of days to get my questions. Uh, when they did come back, I, I did ask them how bad it was. Dr. Carl Schmidt said, uh, he'd been doing these surgeries for 30 years. He said, um, in his career, it was one of the worst breaks he'd ever seen. So what, what they, what it was is they called a chance fracture. Uh, so it split my vertebrae horizontally completely all the way through at T T10 and then, uh, partially through on T9 and it shifted my spine and that's what pinched my spinal cord. So it broke that. He said a lot of times you'll see it vertically. Um, but this was horizontally completely through and shifted the spine. I asked him, what, what's that mean? He said, well, you'll have a slight to slim chance of ever gaining any, any feeling or walking again, gaining any feeling or movement again. And uh, it actually put a big smile on my face. I said, well, that's all I need is a slighter slim chance. And I've been grinding ever since. But yeah, they, they gave me a slighter slim chance to ever gain any feeling or movement back. So as far as feeling, I haven't gained much back um, other than like some sensation and stuff. But movement wise, I've got uh, my hip flexors back. I've, I'm able to start uh, lifting my knees. Um, I can squeeze my legs together. Uh, it's slight, small, minute movements as far as two years. Pat, I'm, I'm post two years past the injury. So yeah, it's uh, very, very minimal, I guess I would say, but dang sure, dang sure seeing improvement and, and still working at it today. Hey, let my, have you ever heard of a young lady and Mark, Mark's and I have been talking about this since we, we knew we were going to have the opportunity to chat with you. We had a young lady on our show. Her name was Victoria Arlen. Have you ever heard of her? I haven't. Okay. Um, she, she developed, she never had, she didn't have an injury, but she developed a, a, a bacterial virus that affected her brain and her spinal cord. She was in a vegetative state for three years. And then when she came out of the vegetative state, she was in a wheelchair paralyzed from the waist down for eight years. And a flicker happened. She went to a facility called Operation Walk. There's two, one on each coast. She can walk. She did the Boston Marathon. What? Yeah, the, that, but she has no feeling hey. whatsoever from the waist down. Yeah. Cannot feel anything. And the doctors were able to pull the function back into her muscles without having the nerve endings firing for feeling, touch, appropriate perceptive movement or whatever. Um, I've, I've been wanting to ask you and tell you about her. You can YouTube her. Amazing story. We, we, like I said, we've met her. <clears throat> when, I, when, you told, when you said you have, it's coming back, 
keep going, keep grinding. Yes, sir. It will, you will, you will have the opportunity to walk again. I, I feel it in my yep. heart. You know, I just, I've, I've been waiting to tell you, it's like that I've seen it done. That, uh, th- that's, that's what, uh, that's the motivation you need to stay. What, what, what you're saying that, that glimmer of light is just like with anything else. It grows brighter and brighter. And, and I had a buddy of mine actually pulled me off the mountain. He was in a motorcycle crash right when he was getting, getting out, paralyzed in the waist down. And, um, all the time when I'm trying to think in my head, like, all right, you need to break it down into your movements. Like how much time do you, f- you spend asleep or on the toilet or driving somewhere to where you get up on a horse and how much time of your day, those are your wheels. It's the, 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 the nuisance was using your legs to get back and forth, right? Yeah, that's what you needed them for, but you have the capability of doing that. That keeps you going and doing what you love, which perpetuates your growth back to getting it where you want it to be. Those things yeah, have to feed sure. themselves. In order for you to walk in, you got to love something to walk towards, and that's that's how we stay stay motivated. That, that cage around the spine is something. We're a, we're a select club. It's actually <laughs> both uh, yeah. both of us have identical injuries. Yeah, ours is the same. I, uh, we both broke our backs in T nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, and then L three and four. We we broke our spines, and I actually damaged my spinal cord too. I have nerve damage from the waist down, and lost the feeling of my legs. Not like you did. I'm not trying to compare myself to your injury at all, Jr. Um, but it came back, and it was just through the grind, through through just just arduous, painful, mindful, nauseating. I want well, done with this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And eventually, I'm hoping and praying that one day you'll have that. It's like working out when you start working out and you're fat and out of shape, and you finally you see that muscle definition, you're like. There it is. That's what I'm looking for. And it just drives you even further. I know that's coming for you. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's, I don't know. I've studied a lot of people. So I guess one of the reasons I went to, uh, uh, Sandy at NeuroWorks there was, um, prior in 2017, I had a buddy actually, I didn't even know him. He was a young kid up and coming, uh, bareback rider that got flipped on in the shoot and, uh, broke, uh, T12 and L1 and was paralyzed from the waist down. And he went to Sandy there at Utah and, uh, he's, he's walking now. He's doing backhand springs. He's running, um, hunting. So right away I called him and I said, Braxton, he, he, he used to look up to me and I said, man, here, here, I'm looking up to you. I said, what'd you do? And he said, I, you got to visualize and not quit, man. And, and I, I, I've, I don't know. I've held on to that ever since, but since then I've studied a lot of people and I've reached out to a lot of people and, and I've, 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 I, I pick their brain. What'd you do? What? Because the, it's, I don't know. I've learned a lot. I was, I was very dumbfounded on, on the wholeness of, of, of spinal injuries. And you can take a that I've met, I've met people that have the exact same injury as me and, and were completely different stories and, and have completely different feelings, completely different movements. And that's the thing is you can have 5,000 people that, you, they say they have the exact same injury, but 5,000 different outcomes too. So I've picked a lot of people's brains and, and the people I study are the people that are walking again and the people sure. that have beat it. And every single one of them has the exact same answer. I didn't give up. I didn't get comfortable with where I was at. And, and that's what I've tried to do is, is, is not get, not get comfortable. I, I've gotten comfortable and I've overcame a lot of stuff and I'm able to do a lot of things that, that, I, I didn't think I would be able to, but not getting comfortable with being where I'm at, I guess, is 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 one thing that that all those people that everybody that beat it has said is they just never give up, man. And and that, that's my goal is to to never give up. God bless you. Hey, do you think we could connect him with Victoria somehow? Yeah, I'm sure we could. I'll see if that we can find awesome. find some emails or phone number and see if we can get you guys it, just so we're doing can, it right now. She, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so she so she can um if, you know if we can get you guys together, she can share her story again. You can YouTube it, uh, but yeah, eight years in a chair and then broke a world record in swimming. Miss Victoria, we're gonna need you to check in. Dancing with the stars and then ran the Boston Marathon a few years ago. Just that would be yeah, that'd be right. Just in, shoot, even if it might just be even having to pack up and go to one of them places she went, you know, or something and, and give it a try. That's what 
I, I honestly, I would try. If you told me that hanging myself up by my pinky toe and rubbing peanut butter from <laughs> my back would be the be the fix, I'd dang sure try it. You know, so well, that's, that's cowboy that's, way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. cowboy. How does it work? That work? All right, let's do it. Come uh-huh. on. I'm going to try it. <laughs> hey, Jr. Who or what did you lean on to kind of to get you out of bed every morning to to just keep pushing? Oh man. Uh, well, first and for, foremost is my, my savior. Uh, God, man. I, uh, uh, I think, like I said before, I think things happen for a reason. And at that time in my life, I was, I was really close to God. Um, I was, I, I'd kind of been a, been a wild party animal drinking, kind of living that lifestyle. And I'd come back to Jesus and was starting to lead, lead more people to Christ. And, um, I don't, I don't think that, uh, any of my past life or prior sins or anything is was a punishment from god to me i i believe that the the, the devil comes to still kill and destroy and i think that he was attacking me uh so so right away i i put my faith and trust in the lord um and and then uh since then my, my wife she's a rock man um she she pulled up a she she got the devastating phone call. She was 23 hours away, so she got on the next flight uh, available. She got to me. I just got out of surgery by the time she got there to Houston, um, and she stayed with me in in ICU. And then we, as we spent a month at Tier, everybody was pushing her to get a hotel room there close or whatever. But she 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 pulled up a she got one of them lay down chairs and uh slept right in the the uh the the my my room with me we we shared the room with the roommate but right there at tier at rehab she she slept right in the same room with me so my wife has been my rock um my family obviously has supported me and not i guess my wife doesn't get enough credit either she 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 told me september 1st that she was pregnant with our first kid so we were expecting um our first child september 1st and uh my my wreck was september 22nd so she was Oh, of course it was week, 12 weeks pregnant Oof. or something at the time. So, um, or two months or yeah, barely, barely pregnant at the time. So she, yeah, she, she was, she was a rock man. Um, and then obviously my rodeo family stepped up. We had, we've been blessed beyond measures, man, with not only financially, uh, emotionally, spiritually, my, my, we had all my family flew down. Uh, they took turns, mom, um, uh, my, my in-laws, um, parts, all my friends, everybody, they all supported us. We're still getting support. I had, I had some guys call me up the other day that, uh, they did, they did a bareback ride in school and said, Hey, we, we want to, we want to send you the money, uh, for the school. I said, I can't accept that. They said, no, we know how it is. It's, even though it's been two years, we know that, that, uh, the, uh, the financial struggle never stops. So we need to, we need to help our own. We need to help our brothers. So, uh, we're still receiving support, man. And, and then I've, I've gained a, I've gained a huge following since then. Like, not that I'm some multi-billion guy followers, but I had like 5,000 followers on Instagram. And within three weeks I had over 15,000. Like I've had people I don't even know, reach out and call me and, and ag me on. And, and like you said, other people in similar situations, reach out and call, um, it's been really awesome. What's been really awesome is having people call me and, and get to help, help other people and be that motivation to other people. Because it's funny because I, I get a lot, I get all the time, JR. I don't know if I was in your situation, if I'd have the attitude that you have. And I guess I have some special attitude. I don't really know what the attitude is other than I don't feel like I've changed as a human. My, my attitude towards life hasn't changed. It's just my goals have changed. You know, i I don't know. I've, I've been a fighter my whole life and, and my goals changed, I guess, instead of wanting to win a world title, it's wanting to walk again. But, um, as a, as a person, I don't feel like I've changed, um, or my outlook, I guess my, my attitude hasn't changed. So it's, it's been really awesome for people to reach out to me and, and maybe that inspiration to other people along the way. But man, yeah, I guess, instantly my, my, I leaned on, on obviously putting my trust in the Lord and, and, and being okay with his plan and his timing, my wife, my family, and, and, and all my, my close parts. 
any community, just like the rodeo community, and every, when we all get injured in that capacity. I mean, you were just leading yourself, yeah. just like we lead yourself up the ranks in the rodeo. I mean, there's there's those those the divisions of the guys that get hurt. They got to have those leaders too. Yeah, and when they're they're yeah, turning to you, sure, looking man. to you, I mean that that in itself, all that all that motivation and that that spirit, man. When they throw that on you, that you can feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like my hometown. So I moved to Montana five or six years ago, I guess. I'm originally from Wyoming, and uh, that community did a fundraiser for me. And then my town that I live in now did a fundraiser for me. So both communities stepped up. Um, shoot, it's 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 unbelievable. I'm so humbled by the amount of support that that my wife and I have received, and my family that we have received from just the outpouring of blessings from from long long lost friends to to people i didn't even know and just just so many different people have, have I, stepped I hope up you and, i hope you realize that speaks volumes to the kind of man you are i yeah. mean I, we applaud your humility but you i hope i hope that you realize that people are doing that reaching out to you and asking how are you doing this how can what can you in advice can you give because because you you're doing an it. exceptional human being yeah you are doing it that's why if you stop doing it that'll stop happening yeah yeah for sure i uh i don't know i'm just a broken man in a broken world trying to serve a big god man and i and right away I, I said that i told my wife she came in she was crying and i said honey it's gonna be all right i said god's got a plan and and god's got a greater plan than than even we can than even we can think or imagine and honestly my my biggest goal out of this whole situation is to be able to 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 once i get walking again is to be able to to, to give back to somebody else and, and be able to help somebody else along the way. And, um, I, I still strive for that. I have my hard days. Don't get me wrong. I struggle. I get pissed off. I, I hate the world some days too, but, but, uh, my, my whole goal is to, to be able to be that encouragement and inspiration and, and, and motivation to, to others along the way as I continue on my journey, man. Well, you ain't broken. You're battle tested. There's a huge yeah, difference, right, man. I mean, yeah. if you were broken, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You wouldn't be sitting here in front of us. Hey, you break that, the, that's that's a, that's a sad thing, actually, too. That you say that is so many people get in a situation and do break and and do get broken and and you know, it's a special do, place do, in heaven for the cowboys up. and the ones who who take care of the ponies. You yeah. know that? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, we're growing up, man. Don't show back up with what you got issued. You're not being a cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> you better exactly. show up and bust it up, man. Yeah, that's yeah. what cowboys, anybody who tends to the ponies, man, that's the thing. And that, yeah. that, that world in itself that we occupy and our capacity is different. So when when the injuries yeah, come man. in, man, you can tell who, who's out there and who's truly earned, you know, went out with their boots on. Yeah. Don't ever, don't ever look down at it. You can't look at that any other way. Better to wear out than rust out. Amen, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Jerry, how's life on the ranch post accident? Oh, it's so crazy, man. It's so fun. Um, see, see, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, I was a very capable human being. Um, that's been probably my hardest struggle is, um, uh, accepting help and, and, and asking for help. Um, but in, in lieu of that, um, there, there hasn't been one thing that I haven't been able to accomplish, uh, post injury that I couldn't get done before. I've just had to find other ways to do it. So, uh, I'm still able to get horseback. I still rope at my brandings. Uh, we still run a hundred cows and a thousand sheep. Um, Damn. and definitely I wouldn't be able to do it you without said, the well, help sorry, of others. I'm sorry, I almost misunderstood that. thousand what? Cattle? You got a thousand head of cattle? <laughs> thousand sheep. <laughs> thousand sheep. Oh, right. Okay. hundred. Hundred head of cow. Yeah, we run sheep and cows both. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Um, I've got four wheelers rigged up. I got booms off the end of my horse trailer to get still get horseback, still ride. Um, shoot two to five days a week, all day. Um, st I still can rope. Um, is there anything like? Yeah. What, is there anything that you're like? Hmm, I hadn't figured that one out yet. Uh. On honestly, like uh, I haven't made a contraption how to get coffee cups out of the top cover <laughs> of the drawer. I, I think we got yeah we got the fix for that. That <laughs> get one of those but, little. But other than that, no, I've I've found a way. Um, 
it's some jobs take me way longer than expected. Some jobs, as far as even like getting a hail of ba- a, a bale of hay from my, so my in-laws live just a mile and a half away. We actually live on their place and then have started putting together some chunks of ground. My wife and I have uh, bought some ground here close, but our house is actually one of the original homesteads on the house that we fixed up. Um, had some crews come in after the wreck. We had some crews come in and do an addition for us and stuff, but it, our house isn't even a wheelchair accessible per se. Like um, other than I have, we, we built like a, a little front porch that has a small ramp to get in the house. But other than that, like I don't even have a bench in my shower. Like I still have a portable bench that we use. Like we didn't even set it up for wheelchair accessible. So, um, but like getting a bale of hay from the, from my, from my in-laws house down to here, like it might take me three hours compared to 10 minutes, but no, I've, I've, uh, I think it takes most guys that long to get to their in-laws house. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Yeah, maybe, that right? I, I, don't try and slide something past us, man. We- I got all sorts of crazy stories. I figured even like tagging calves, like during, during, during cabin season, like tagging calves. I, so I, I rigged up a four wheeler. I didn't want a hand shift um, because of the electrical problems with them. So I got a manual shift four wheeler and I just built a hand deal to, to, to shift it. Um, and I, I'd tie a, I'd tie a rope on the front of my four wheeler and I can still get up and rope them calves and get the tag, uh, the, the calves tag, like stuff like that. I've even, I've even figured out how to do, I, I went as far as trying to get, uh, a left hand throttle on my four wheeler so I could drive faster and rope, um, with my right hand, but we couldn't get it rigged up right. It, would, it actually ended up being a snowmobile throttle for left hand. So I, I'm still in the process of figuring out how to get my, my four-wheeler rigged up with the left-hand throttle so I can rope going faster, but that might get a little dangerous too. So it might be a blessing in disguise right. that, I, that, I, that I can't go nearly as fast while roping. But man, no, no, honestly, no, I, <laughs> I haven't found anything. If, if there's something that I want to do, I figure out a way to do it. Um, and, and that's been my whole life. Uh, if I, if I set out and, 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 and want to do it, I, f- I find a way to do it. What and, kind of, what kind of four wheeler? Uh, I got a Honda. I actually bought it as soon as I got home. So it's uh it's an 18, uh, Rubicon. Uh, I actually, I was so rough on it in a year and a half. I had to send it up and get new rear axle put in it. Uh, my wife's going to pick it up today actually. So and you need a, you need a left hand throttle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I know there's a way to do it. I don't know if it's, uh, like put a dirt bike throttle on it or what, but I, like I rigged up, they call it a gold finger. Um, and, and it's actually a left, like a left trigger throttle, but it ended up being for a snowmobile. So I, I would have had to change the whole contraption and, and, and we couldn't figure out how to get that done, but Let's see if we can if, see if we can figure I, something out on our end. If I could figure out how to get a left-handed throttle on that thing, I'd be deadly with a rope on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. And if it's too hard for us to figure that out, learn how to rope with the other hand. It, yeah, actually, yeah, that's what uh, I, I started doing was starting to starting to rope left-handed. So, so obviously you have a goal to to be able to stand again and walk again. But what about rodeo? Do you have any intentions to get back into rodeo? There's no way your wife let you do that. No <laughs> way. Uh, no way. Um, it's funny. Uh, I've really thought about that. And so like the NFR just started last night and my my wife asked me, she said, does it make you sad or, or do you have uh, a sad, sad, sad feelings about that? And, and, and my honest answer was no. Um, I had I went and helped do a rodeo school here uh, the, the week before Thanksgiving, and some of those kids asked me, "Man, do you miss it?" And on honestly, I think of the obvious. If if I was still capable and still willing, um, that's probably what I still would be doing. But um, as far as missing it and and having that that oh my gosh, my life sucks because I'm not rodeoing. I I don't I don't I don't have those feelings. Um, what I do miss the very most is uh, uh, being able to train horses like I used to could, I guess. Um, I've, I've, I have 
found ways to do some horse training and some actually some higher end stuff and training my own horses more off voice command and being able to rope again and that sort of thing. But, but the, the st- taking a colt and starting a colt from the ground up, um, is, is my, my ultimate passion. And, uh, post rodeo, my goals were to get into, um, uh, rain and cow horse stuff and, and, and go to the NRCHA shows and, and, and start doing, uh, working cow horse things. So, uh, as far as rodeo goals, I think, um, as soon as I get able and capable enough, uh, that's where I would go, um, towards that direction versus rodeo again, man, there's no way I could, I could leave my boy at home for 200 days and, and not be home. That's, I don't know. I, I, I've, I tip my hat to those rodeo guys that, that go rodeo and leave their kids at home because it, there, there's no way I'd be able to leave my, my little boy and, and wife and, and stuff at home. Like I used to. That's a different topic. <laughs> yeah, we can go down that road. I, I want to be. You write about this stuff, right? Like your day to day, the the actions that you do, kind of deal. That's what people need to hear. I mean, it's a, this overview stuff's great, but when you were talking about like with the ramp at the house and in the shower, it's like if you, if, man, with those those make every life easier. Yeah. If if it's, there's a difference between not being able to do it and sustainability and just w- with ease, and that the 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 practice. B- having to do it the hard way and then you get the the easy way and same like with being a young cowboy that's how you become an old cowboy yeah. get your ass handed to you and so the young ones can come up and do some of that stuff you're talking about hardest thing to do is stop on it when you're living on a ranch and doing what we're doing is if we're not doing anything something's not getting done if yeah, exactly. there's no lazy day out here otherwise no. you're just being freaking lazy which we have days assigned for that yeah but what, what, especially with guys around in, in our generation man even with the kids, kids will do something like, oh, that's cool, but get out of the way, punk. Watch this. Let me show you how to do it. And, and we still get out there and do that crazy stuff that we did when we were boys and our dads weren't doing, but we just keep holding on to it. It's, it's the same yeah. thing. And that, that never come out of you. That's what drives you in the direction you're going. And if yeah. my mama ever heard you say that you can't train horses in any direction, trust me, you can. I mean, there's never been a rider that hadn't been thrown, never been a horse that hadn't been rode. I mean, that Amen. kind of deal. Yep. So it's, uh, man – just keep. Yeah, no, I've, I've learned to like, uh, start to get my horses to lay down on cue. Um, some of that stuff so I can get on, uh, going off voice commands more say like that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I definitely, I've, I had to swallow the hard pill, you know, of, of, yeah, it's, it definitely looks different and, and, and stuff is different. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you that even the ranch life wasn't different than, than what it was before. It's definitely different. It's changed 180%, but I, uh, that's my passion. I, I don't want to go get a real job. It's been something that my wife and I have a passion for and we do, and we've, we've definitely found ways to do it and, and get by. So I, I, I do rely on help more, but there hasn't been anything, even as far as cutting strings on the big round bells and putting the horse feeder on, like there's been days that I do that myself. So, uh, there, there hasn't been, there hasn't been anything that I absolutely wanted to do that I haven't been able to find a way to do it. I got one. I got another question for you. When it comes to riding the four wheeler and the horse, so ultimately the horse is is the ultimate motorcycle. Like it, it wants yeah. to stay underneath you. That's yeah. back in the way back when. That's all we did to ride horses. The drunk guys can make it home because you just give the horse in, and he would keep you up there. Yeah. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about a motorcycle four wheeler. Man, you not they'll pitch you. They don't. They didn't even care, right? Do you find oh, yeah, it? There. Um, I know that's the that's the beautiful thing about when you harmonize with your the the way y'all ride. Are you finding that? Is it, have you, are you finding that the case or is it different? Oh man. I, uh, so, so I was super proud when I got home and I didn't, I, I used, so there was some guys. So I, the whole time, like six months, I went six months without being horseback. And that's the, the longest time in my, I think my whole life, like, especially as long as I can remember without being on a horse that there was like rodeoing wise, like I'd go, I'd go maybe three weeks on the road. And then if I had a day or two to come home, I'd come home and I was horseback. Like, like I never went a month without being on a horse. So I went six months without being on a horse. And I, 
while I was in rehab and stuff, I'd, I'd reached out and, and tried to get horseback just to see how to do it and, and get to a facility that kind of would maybe show a guy and kind of see how it was going to feel. But then they had to jump through a bunch of hoops and I had to get cleared <laughs> by a doctor. And the doctor said, you got to be a year post-injury to, to, before you get horseback and blah, blah, blah. So I never got it done while I was at rehab. Uh, we drove home. I don't remember the exact day. It was the first part of April, but it, anyway, it was on a Friday and Saturday I was horseback. So, but I was too proud. I, I'd reached out to some guys. They had some saddles with some high backs that help support your, you know, um, balance wise and stuff. And I, I was too proud to do any of that. So I, I just got, we, I had an old roan mare. We stepped her over to the back of a flatbed with my regular saddle, hoisted me up, and put me on. And I, I took two steps. I, I leaned forward and went to ride off. And, and honestly, I was, I, I was scared for my life. Like I was so unstable no weight in my stirrups. Um, I, I was holding on like a little kid, holding on to the saddle horn, trying to pull her back. She was kind of antsy and wanting to go. And it took me about a hundred yards. I finally just put my hand down. She dropped her head and walked around. It took me a little while to get my balance and kind of get my, get my seat. And I uh, went around the pasture and came back to the house. And so since then I did end up putting, we, I rigged up a seat belt. So I have a seat belt, but I, I ride my normal saddle um, with a, with a seatbelt, just actually the seatbelt is just for my mind so that I can actually lean off there and, and, and rope something without falling off. But, um, I, I definitely, I've progressed a lot in, in, in how well I can ride, but it, it did take me a while to get that balance and to, it's, it's almost completely backwards from correct riding. Like I, I really got to sit down in my saddle and kind of lean back instead of leaning forward. Um, I actually probably am, am harder on the horse now than I was before. Um, but I, I have made my horses work for me. You too. said you rigged the seatbelt. Do you have the, the Velcro that goes around your legs that go down the side of the. Nope. I just, I just, I, I literally, I took a flank strap buckle. So what they use for rodeo flank straps that when they pull it, the, the flank falls off. I have that as a quick release in case I do get in a jam and need to let it go, but it's just a piece of leather with a buckle that goes over my waist. Um, uh, no Velcro around the stirrups. I do uh, rubber band my feet in the stirrups, say like if I'm going to be loping or uh, roping or something, just so my feet don't bounce out of the stirrups. But uh, just literally just a just a two inch wide leather strap that goes across my waist that I buckle down just to keep me in the saddle. You find that your ponies are kind of receptive that there's something else going on up there? Oh, my gosh, man. It's uh, I don't know how much time we got, but I got a yeah, another crazy story. So I have this buckskin mare. Uh, she was a five-year-old. I traded my wife's grandpa for her. I'll try to give you the short version of the story, but she, uh, she wasn't necessarily a bronc like she bucked the first day I rode her. But, um, other than that, she wasn't really a bronc per se, but she was always really watchy and kind of catty and always kind of snorty. And, um, I, I cabbaged onto her. Like she was my horse, like nobody else rode her. I didn't plan on selling her. She was just my type. She's strong. She's little, but mighty. Um, and I, and I, I got her as a five-year-old. I rode her all fall, all spring. So she, she'd gotten pretty broke, but still like catty, watchy, snorty, just my horse. Um, she was with the brood mares during the, during the wreck. So we just kicked her out to pasture. So she'd been out for 11 months. Um, when I got back, I had this old reliable roan mare that, uh, actually my father-in-law had been riding. Uh, so that was actually the first horse I rode was, was my old good roan mare but this buckskin i just wanted to see if there was any way possible that i could ride her again so i kind of asked a few people hey would you put a ride on her hey would you put a ride on her and kind of kept getting brushed under the rug and there's like they're like no way there ain't there ain't no way she'll buck blah 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 so she'd been out for 11 months um my brother-in-law and all my in-laws were at a rodeo um i was up at where my leather shop is doing some leather work about three o'clock in the afternoon and I decided we, I had gathered her. She, so she was at the house, um, out in the pen with all the broke horses. So I decided I was going to go see if I could at least get her caught. If I could get her caught then, um, and get her saddled. Then when Sage, my brother-in-law got back that he had no way that he could tell me no anymore. He'd have to ride her. So I went out there in my wheelchair with a bucket of grain to halter. Um, like she's a little standoffish. She wouldn't come to the grain. So I got her gypped in a small pen, her and the roan mare kind of got her back in the corner and back up and she'd kind of run around the pen and wouldn't let me catch her. And 
the roan mare was just head over my shoulder eating the grain. I was kind of pouting. I was like, well, maybe this is just God's way of telling me that I can only ride the roan mare. So I put the halter on the roan mare and I went to lead her out the gate and I got to the gate and I was like, you know what? Piss on it. I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I let the roan mare loose, got back in the pen. It was just me and the buckskin. I shook the bucket of grain. She wouldn't come up to it. So I got her gypped around, got her gypped in the corner. I'd back up, let her walk to me, go forward. She'd go around. I'd run her around, get her in the corner, stop her, let her face up, back up. Got to where I could brush her on the shoulder, got to where I could brush her on the neck. I threw threw my lead rope over her neck, and she melted. It was instantly. Like, I've had a lot of connections with a lot of horses in my life, but it's always like, you better do this or else type connections. And this was a completely whole different horseman connection, man. It, like I knew, I knew, I knew she was fine. And, and I swear to you, it was like, she knew that something was up and I let her in the barn. I shuffled my saddle off the top rack, got into my lap. I wheeled up to her. Mind you, she's been out for 11 months and like kind of a snorty, watchy, ouchy horse. I'm in the danger zone, right at her back flank. I get my saddle hoisted up on her. My wife calls me, she says, what are you doing? I said, well, I just got this buckskin mare caught. She said, you're lying. You're in the house taking a nap. I said, no, I swear to you. <laughs> she, she, she says, hold on, I'll be up there in just a minute. So she gets up there and she's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to ride her. She said, you're crazy. There ain't no way. She's going to buck. I said, no, she won't. I swear to you. I said, she's fine. She said, all right, well, let's see. Uh, Let's get her out here and lunge her around. So I lead her out. I go to put my bridle on her. I literally touch her on the neck and she drops her head, grabs the bridle, lets me bridle her. I've never lunged this horse a day in my life. I've whacked a saddle on her, stepped on her and rode off. And I've never lunged her a day in my life. And she said, well, are you going to lunge her? I said, I guess. So I hawk my saddle in her and I start clicking to her. She walked, trots, lopes around me one way, walk, trot, lopes around me the other way. I said, I told you, she's fine. She says, all right. She, she really, my wife had no, she couldn't tell me no. So I had her lead her under the tree for me. I hoist myself up. She led her under me, sat down and rode off like she'd never had a day off. So I actually have, yeah, I have a couple, I have two or three horses, but I definitely, they definitely take care of me. Um, they, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's a, it's a connection. I've never, I've never felt before with a horse. Like, um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely think they know that something's, something's different. Obviously like we we've had to, to make connections like, different cues to side pass different cues to rope different cues to go faster and they 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 have melted to me and changed to me and my style and and my riding um to take care of me so yeah i definitely think that that they know something's up until you actually see that you can't i can't appreciate no, no, it. the ponies are the best man it's just, just like all right yeah. you don't have a language we'll figure one out what's a piece of never quit advice you could leave i mean it sound you've already left a lot but if you could leave one thing for somebody who's going through a rough time, a hard patch, what would that piece of advice be? Oh man, I don't know. I got, I got so much, but I guess, I guess if I had to sum it up into one is, uh, my whole outlook on this situation has been, uh, you, you, there's, there's two ways that you can look at it. You can, you can either look at it and play the poor me game. Why me? Why this happen? Or, like I do every single day, I wake up first thing in the morning. I try to wiggle my toes. If they don't wiggle, I roll out of bed and, and figure out how to get on with my life. So, um, I guess, I guess, yeah, the one piece of advice I would say is don't play the poor pitiful me game. I don't care how bad it is. Somebody out there has it worse. I don't care. I don't care if, if, if you think you, you, you have it the worst, some, I guess this would be the advice is be careful what you're complaining about because there's somebody out there praying that they had what you have. So, so don't find excuses, find ways to, 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 to overcome. And, and, and just that man, never quit, never give up, dig in, dig deep and don't weaken. Amen. Thanks for sharing all that with us, JR. Yeah, Seriously, buddy. Yeah, man. What, what, what's, what's next for you? What do you got going on next? Oh man. I, uh, actually, I just spoke with my trainer this morning. I'd been a little lackadaisical. So I got home. Um, we, uh, I, so at rehab, when I left, when I left, uh, um, Sandy, Utah there, I, uh, I was, I was having a really hard time with it. I didn't want to leave because I, I was, I was, I was set that, that was, that's where I needed to be, that they were going to get me there. Uh, but we were, we were getting close to having our son too. And my wife wanted to come home to have the baby. So, we made a conscious decision that we wanted to have the baby at home. Um, we, we went to those therapists and I asked him, I said, Hey, is there some at home stuff that I can do, um, without, um, being detrimental to my, to my rehab? And they said, honestly, JR, 
if there was any person in this facility that we would feel safe sending home, it would be you. They said, honestly, we think that your work ethic, you'll, you won't weaken, um, that you will, uh, you'll actually probably get more out of being home and working on the place while working out than you will just working out here for an hour and a half a day. So, uh, we, we came home, I set up the gym, um, in my, my in-laws garage, they give me their garage to set up my gym. So I have a gym set up. That's where I do my rehab. I've done, um, I've stayed via zoom meetings, stay, uh, in contact with my rehab facility. I went down there last September and got retested. I jumped a level on all my tests. So I still progressed and kind of came up with some new workouts and came home. Um, I'd been doing those workouts. They got really monotonous kind of plateau and not really seeing any, uh, improvement. So I reached out to Doug champion. Uh, he's actually an old uh, rodeo buddy of mine. He's a trainer down there in Texas out of Huntsville. And, uh, he started training me, he sends me four, four workouts a week. Um, and then I do just kind of my own, whether it's stretching or standing, or I have a walking machine set up here at the house, whether it's getting on that or riding or whatever it is, I try to, I try to do something every single day, but I work out for sure four days a week, if not more. Um, so I've been doing that. I just talked to him. I'd gotten a little lackadaisical. I'd missed some workouts, uh, got busy and, and, and told him, Hey, I, excuses are like assholes and they all stink. So I ain't throwing out any excuses. So I set a goal for December to not miss any workouts. Um, and I, I've, I'm waiting to get into a trial deal down in back in Houston for an exoskeleton trial. It's a six week trial deal, um, to go try one of the exoskeletons. I was supposed to go this spring, but due to COVID it's been getting pushed back. So I've just been waiting for the go ahead, um, to, to get a go down there. So I'm going to go down there as soon as that opens up. Go ahead. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> come on yeah. Down. yeah no kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, I call them once a week asking if I can come down. Um, let's see what else. I don't know. I've been, I, I did some stem cell therapy. I went down to Panama city, Panama in February and did some stem cell. They said to give it a year, uh, before I go do another uh, dose of that. So February will be a year, the end of February, I guess the first of March will be a year since I tried that. So I guess see if that's something else we want to go try another dose of, um, or, I know I've been looking to into some like the epidural stimulator stuff. There's some trials in the States that I've been signed up for, but uh, you're just on a trial list. So there is some out of country. There's some other uh, places that you can just go uh, buy one, I guess, if lack of better language there, but uh, you can just go pay out of pocket to get one. I've been looking into some of that research. Um, But other than that, no man, just, I guess what the model of this podcast is never quit. I'm just, going to keep striving i got a little boy that's a year and a half years old um enjoy every minute of that uh try to be the best husband i can be the best father i can be and the best make the best version of myself as i continue on this journey that's awesome man hey you're an inspiration to me buddy i can promise you that yeah man thanks for hanging out with us for a little while sharing no man honestly when you get up this way uh, man make sure you let us know oh and i want to be there in pasadena when you go back and walk around the arena with american flag Hell yeah, we'll be brother, there for I it. swear, man. We'll walk be, with you. Yeah, That'd right? be awesome. At, at finals? Well, yeah. Where can people follow you on social media? Um, I got a, I got a uh, Instagram page, just my name, J.R. Vizane, V as in Victor, E-Z-A-I-N. Um, you want to plug your leather or, work? Or or my leather work. I have a, I have a Facebook page, Lazy SJ Leather. Um, and that's on Facebook, just, uh, just a business page. Um, I don't have a Facebook page, but, uh, that leather work page. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I guess lazy SJ leather on Instagram or JR Zane's my personal account. I'm on there more, but Hey, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the show. Make sure you let us know what you think. JR, man, it's been, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I'm gonna work on that Honda problem you got. Shoot, man. That'd be yeah, if you come up with any ideas, man, I, I oh, we got a lot. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. <laughs> we're gonna, we're be gonna, surprised we come up. We're with, gonna push we, this out to a couple hundred thousand people, and we, I'm sure somebody's gonna come across something. Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I did try. So I tried the Goldfinger. What it was called was the Goldfinger, and it ended up being I couldn't find one for a four wheeler. It ended up being for a snowmobile, right. and um, so that yeah, the Goldfinger uh, left handed Goldfinger trigger ended up not working. But yeah, I'm, sh- I'm I know there's a way. I'm sure there's a way. I just uh, haven't found but, one yet. Well, there's always overall, a way. we got <laughs> we know some Team Honda people, guys that can 
can build I'm stuff, gonna make, contractualize. I'm going yeah, to make a call here. She's going to freaking outfit that's, that thing. That's my problem, actually. I'm I'm a cowboy, not a mechanic. I know if uh, if uh, I was I was close to a mechanic, they'd have it done in a couple hours. But uh, I'm very non-mechanical other than changing your tire or changing the oil. That's about as far well, as there will always be a mutual goes, respect so. between cowboys and mechanics and the horsepowers <laughs> yeah, and the ponies. That's, that's the thing, right? It's like yeah, trainers and exactly the jockeys. It, that, so that's a, it's a mutually – it'll never go away. That's right. That's hey, sure. guys, make sure you follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com social. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Leave a review on iTunes. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, JR. Have a blessed day, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome.